Hey everybody and welcome to season 9 of Fake College Football and the Fake College Football Podcast. Now obviously this is not actually the ninth season of the podcast, but that's going to be what the season is going to be called from here on out for this season. The podcasts that we put out during the season are just going to be grouped in with season 9. So it's kind of season 1 of the podcast, but it's associated with season 9 of Fake College Football. We'll call it season 9. You can pick season 9 or season whatever in the metadata of a podcast. So I'm going to go with season 9 because that is what it will be associated with in fake college football. Before we dive into the 25 games that I have final scores of, briefly, thank you everybody for your patience as we've migrated to one new server. And thank you for your patience with the bot as it has dealt with various API issues for Reddit and rate limiting for that, as well as some rate limiting for the play logs. That has shifted a little bit of how the play logs are currently constructed. So anything that uses those for other bots within Discord, mainly the plot bot, where you can see, okay, hey, how did the win probability or the score change over time? Those are changed enough. The URLs and the locations of the play logs are changed enough that the bot cannot easily pull those. If you've tried to run the plot command since kind of like the middle of the day Thursday, it only will reference the plays that were called up until that point. All of the play logs have now been kind of created anew in the same location, but with different naming conventions, and it's not straightforward for the bot to be able to easily pull those in. I was looking at that as I was trying to pull my stat stuff as well for this. This will be a little bit of work, at least for week one. Hopefully, we can maybe get it worked out going forward, but... Dick did a really good job of getting the scorebot back into the server as quickly as he did. Be really grateful for that so that folks can post that really easily. That has made it easier to follow games, so thank you to Dick for putting that out there. Otherwise, have patience as we try to work through week one kinks. There's always kinks with week one, regardless of moving to a new server or trying to incorporate something else. We always have week one issues. Another reminder, delay of game clocks are now 18 hours, not 24. So keep that in mind. With it being week one, if you want to go ahead and get an easy win, don't remind your opponent, be mean, don't say anything. But in order to maybe foster a little bit of good feelings as we go through the start of the season, don't be afraid to ping your opponent as they hit six or 12 or nine hours. Just a little reminder in the waiting on coaches channel to say, hey, getting close to X amount of hours, you've got this many left, you can check that. The game threads on Reddit have a link to when the deadline is. You can click on that and it'll tell you how many hours, minutes, seconds remaining until that delay of game timer goes off. Easy way to check. So getting that out of the way, welcome to season nine, everybody. We are in the middle of the ninth season of this. this is unbelievably exciting. We've had 25 games finished so far as of just after seven o'clock central time, seven o'clock PM, Saturday, December 9th. So slowly working our way through games, but progress is getting made. We're slowly bringing in sub coaches as we need for FBS and FCS games. That's fine. Big ups to FBS for having completed more games than FCS so far. We've got 16 FBS games done. We've got nine FCS games done. Plenty of time for that to all get sorted out. We've got just over a week left. Everybody do what you can to get your games done, please. So let's talk about the games that have finished. So looking at FBS games. We've got 16 that have finished. Wyoming beat Houston. Normal angry dick game comes out, gets angry. Turns out, oh, hey, he plays really well. Wins 47 to 12. Whatever, move on. Oklahoma, the old Nebraska head coach, moved to Oklahoma. Holds off Miami of Ohio and Swarm. 
wins 28-21. Texas A&M beats South Carolina 52-38. Hawaii outlasts FIU in really the first finished dramatic game. This really kind of had drama kind of throughout it. Hawaii wins 50-47 in overtime. First overtime game of season nine. East Carolina survives Vinny Ball in Arkansas. They win 42-41. One big question for Vinny will be, okay, why did you go for two instead of going for one to tie the game? You would consistently move the ball kind of throughout the game. You take the one point, you tie the game, you go to overtime. You probably can do just fine. Massachusetts beats Connecticut. So FIU, their head coach, used to coach at Massachusetts last season, moved to FIU to join the CUSA. New head coach takes over Massachusetts, wins over Connecticut 28-21. Good for them. Massachusetts starts 1-0. Old Massachusetts coach starts 0-1. Virginia survives Michigan 31-24. D. Cook, the old Iowa coach from season 8, takes his third game in the trilogy between he and the Michigan head coach. They had split them last year. Third game goes to D. Cook. Virginia is able to walk away the victor. UAB comes back to beat Tulsa 31-27. This is a classic text game calling a good game to his opponent early in the first half saying, oh, hey, this isn't going very well. No idea how we're going to come back. Guess what? They came back. They won 31-27. Navy beat LSU. LP Fry versus Habies. Big game. No less second comeback for Habies. 21-17. Navy holds on to win that game. Stanford over New coach at Alabama, they win 41-28 in overtime. This game was obviously closer than the score tells you. 41-28 in overtime, it's a 13-point difference. Stanford went down and scored in overtime and then returned an interception for a touchdown to finish the game. That's how they get to 13 points. Big ups to Stanford for getting that win. You do wonder if the old Alabama coach was there, would Stanford have been able to win that game? We don't know. Texas State beats Fresno State 34-23. Old Dominion survives UNLV in the late drama there to win 45-41. Army holds on to beat Troy 32-15. This is a great first win for NOLA as they have moved to coaching Army after leaving LSU. Utah beats Florida 47-45. This is probably the biggest ranked versus ranked matchup so far of the season. Last second field goal for the win after a missed two-point conversion where they went for two instead of going for one for the tie, similar to Arkansas-East Carolina, as well as missing a field goal earlier to also take the lead. But they were able to hold on, get back into good field position, kick a field goal, and win it as time expires. Missouri handles Toledo 32-14, and Auburn held on to beat Texas 58-34. That game ended rather recently. Congrats to all of those victors for their wins. So, nine of those first 16 FBS games that have finished were one-score games. Two of those games did go to overtime. One, the Stanford win over Alabama, did finish as technically more than one score, but it was still very close. So 10 of 16 games, just under two thirds of the game so far finished for FBS were one score or really kind of close games. Very exciting. Awesome to see early on. Let's move to FCS and see what they've had in store for us. First finished game in FCS was Dartmouth over San Diego, 38-21. Villanova held on to beat Southeast Missouri, 29-20. An interesting score line there. Maine over Jackson State, 21-7. A little more traditional. Jackson State, the only team so far to not break 10 points. Nickel State comes back to win against Wagner, 17-14. That drummed up some chatter earlier in the game chat. Texas Southern wins against UC Davis, also by the score of 29-20. Interesting that folks were able to get to 29 points, not normally what you'd expect to see. Moorhead State does hold on to win 24-17 over Houston Christian. That's a big upset for them. Missouri State gets out to 52 points against Presbyterian, 52 to 22. There have been other games that have featured at least 50 points scored. None of them are this far apart. This is a winning margin of 30 points. McNeese State beats North Carolina A&T 43 to 30. 
and Lehigh hung on against South Dakota State 14-10. Of those nine games in FCS, three of them finished with one score between them. So one-third there. So 13 of the first 26, or 13 of the first 25, sorry, were definitely close games, one score or overtime. Interestingly, points per game, so total points, not margin of victory or points scored by the winning team. Total points scored, almost 60 points per game, 59.8. Compared that to season eight, last season, FBS and FCS, across all of the games, including ones that were finished, shortened, delayed of gamed out, abandoned, total points, 47.9. Almost 12 points higher than last season, but we've not had any of the delay of game comes in. Delay of game games come in yet. That's kind of the big drives points down. Looking at FBS versus FCS, FBS is averaging 66.7 points per game. FCS is averaging 47.6, much more in line with the season average overall last year. As I mentioned, only Jackson State has scored less than 10 points so far. Seven teams have had fewer, 15 points or fewer. So, 25 games, 50 teams, just over 10%, 7, have scored 15 or fewer points. So we're seeing offense so far. We're not seeing any of these games that are ended early yet or games that get abandoned like we'll see next week, but definitely seeing plenty of points, which is exciting. That's good, I think. Defense to a point can be interesting, but you see a lot of people lamenting offensive struggles. If they're punting two or three times in a row, that doesn't feel good for them. You don't see a lot of defensive celebrations in the game chat. Maybe that'll change. Maybe this will encourage that. Like, it's exciting to get a stop. I'm really enjoying getting stops in both of my games that I'm playing right now. But points get celebrated. Stops, less so. So seeing more points, in my opinion, not a bad way to start the season. Really exciting. Gets the energy going. Gets people encouraged to keep playing and hopefully stay around. This is a good thing. Let's look at how the ranked teams have done so far. In FBS, Wyoming, they're ranked. They won. Texas A&M also ranked, they won. Hawaii, ranked, also won their game. Virginia in the first finished game of a ranked-ranked matchup. Barely is an upset over Michigan. It was 19 versus 18. Pretty close in the rankings. Interesting to see these two coaches who have gone back and forth get ranked so closely, play such a close game, and you see the lower ranking team, at least, finish on top. UAB, ranked, they won. Navy over LSU. Yeah, Navy was ranked second. LSU came in ranked 22nd. Big win for Fry. Not a big score difference. It was a close game. Navy's had a chance at the end, but higher ranking team wins. Army upsets Troy. Troy was ranked number six coming into this season. Utah over Florida. That was a one versus five ranked matchup. Utah holds on to win, so no upset there. Finally, Missouri also ranked. They won their game. So looking at FBS, that's ranked teams going 7-4 and four, with three ranked versus ranked matchups. So really one true ranked team upset by an unranked team and only one barely ranking upset, 19 over 18, but otherwise one beat five and two beat 22. So rankings so far have held on. We'll see how the other ranked games go. There are still plenty to finish in FBS. Looking at FCS, Dartmouth won. Villanova wins over Southeast Missouri. Villanova was ranked 9th coming into this. Southeast Missouri was ranked 12th. Maine won their game. Nickel State came back and won their game as well. Moorhead State did have an upset over Houston Christian. Moorhead State was ranked 11th coming into this week. Houston Christian was ranked 7th. Not a big difference. Same with that Villanova over Southeast Missouri, 9 over 12. This is 11 over 7. So interesting to see close matchups ranking-wise in week one. This is good. It drums up excitement. It should be something fun to talk about as the week progresses. Finally, Missouri State also ranked. They won their game. FCS went 6-2 ranked teams. The ranked teams won 6 of their 8 games. 
but the two losses were ranked versus ranked matchups. So we've not had any unranked teams beat a ranked team so far. It is always interesting to see how the rankings come out in week one. Coaches have moved schools, coaches have retired. This is very much driven by the coaches. You don't see a lot of, oh, hey, this school finished well last year. That coach leaves. That coach is going to have whatever kind of prestige associated with them brought to their new school. Again, hence why Virginia was ranked as well as they were with D. Cook moving there. So that's pretty exciting there. Same, same kind of thing for Havies moving to LSU. South Carolina probably could have been ranked this year. They were not. LSU is ranked after having kind of an okay season, but certainly not one that probably warranted a 22 rank in the coaches bowl. But overall, you're looking at, okay, what coaches moved, what coaches stayed. So see if that holds as we move into week two. What kind of big shakeups do we see as we've had some ranked teams lose? Does that drop them completely out of the coaches poll? Coaches poll is always kind of an interesting thing because we don't have that much participation in it. I don't participate in it. I tried to last year. It's just in order for me to feel like I'm doing a decent job with it, I need to put a little bit of time in it. And it was hard to find that time. We're starting this season in December, in between Thanksgiving and Christmas, which is going to be a busy time of year for any of our college students as they are working their way through finals. It's going to be a busy time of year for anybody who's kind of in a financial field because they probably have some sort of year-end financials to get ready for. Even into early to mid-January, it's going to be busy there. Folks who work in other fields probably are encountering stuff with related to year-end or holiday busyness, whether that's working in retail and having to work longer hours, whether that's working for some sort of delivery service, whether that is the postal service or a parcel service, there's a lot more work to be done for that as well. You're looking at any kind of stuff related to medicine. People are much busier for that too, as they're dealing with everything associated with the excitement of the holidays and the stuff that that brings. Where I'm at, it snowed a little bit today. So also that means folks just need to be a little bit more careful with the snow and everything that comes with it. But why am I mentioning that? Makes it a little bit harder to find the time to work on the coaches poll. The coaches poll is something that is exciting and useful for FBS and FCS and for fake college football in general, but it's a little bit ancillary. If you've got to decide between playing your game and doing the coaches poll, no, they don't happen at the same time, but that little bit of time you've got between games, you can use to do something, hopefully. So please participate in the coaches poll if you can, but please do not feel bad if you can't find the time for it. It's super helpful, but it is not nearly as important as finishing your games. Last thought that I have on this, this is not a super long first episode of season nine. Part of the reason for that, I've got a bit of a cold. That's really not fun to try to talk through a bunch with. I've been working through a sore throat the beginning of this week. So really kind of Tuesday into Wednesday, start of games and not feeling like I really could talk at all was not encouraging. Now I'm feeling better. It's more in my nose. So that's okay. But stamina for talking for a long time, not super high. Also, there's just not that many games done yet. That's okay. We're three days, three, four-ish days into when games started. For week one, where we had rate limiting issues, that slowed a lot of games down. We've had to restart games. It's okay. Still trying to figure out what these midweek podcasts will be anyway, but it does give me a chance to opine on a few different things that I can observe throughout the weeks. Tonight, just going to talk about losing in week one. Losing week one, losing the first game of the season, that's no fun. You're getting all excited. It's been a couple of months since games have been played. It's really exciting. We've had a bunch of these close matchups, lots of high ranking teams, games that are coming down to the wire that are really exciting that you engage with the rest of the community with in the Discord server. Merging the servers, I think, has been great because everybody can see what's going on in any of the games 
and can talk about it. You don't have the game discussion for FBS games herded into one area and the FCS ones herded into a completely different server. The merger, I think, has been really good. I understand we've lost some of the community, especially for FCS, but that's okay. I think you can try to bring a lot of that over if possible. But losing week one stinks, and all of the excitement has built up and you lose. You fall off a cliff. That sucks. Emotionally, it's devastating. And that's okay, but it's not the end of your season. In fake college football, teams rarely go undefeated. In FBS last year, one of the 12 teams made it with only one loss. All of the rest had at least three losses. Not two, three. One team had four. So don't think, oh, hey, you lost week one. Your season is done. This is not like real FBS. You've got time to work your way back. It's week one. It's going to be okay. You've got 11 more games to win, maybe 12 if you get a conference championship game, and then let the dice fall as they may. But you got to come back and you got to keep playing. Got to keep playing your games. Don't quit on this just because you lost week one. Look at FCS. FCS had two teams in the eight seeds with one loss. The rest had at least two. There were even two four-loss teams in those eight seeds, and they have to pick teams that are not as good as those eight-seeded teams to fail at their playoff. Don't think, oh, you lost week one, you can't do anything for the rest of your season. There's no way that you can go undefeated and do as well as you can in this compared to regular football. It's just not that easy. We know this game is hard. It sucks to lose week one. That's fair. You should be frustrated, but don't quit. Don't quit because you lost week one. Don't quit because you lost in overtime or you lost on a last second field goal or touchdown. That sucks. Talk with your opponent though. See, okay, hey, why did I lose that game? Maybe they'll tell you, maybe they won't. It's up to them. But look at the Utah-Florida game. You're seeing coaches share, okay, hey, what was the scouting that you had on me versus what I had on you? Just a little bit of a way to get a little bit better. Don't be afraid to ask, hey, why did you pick that number? Ask it after the game. Don't ask as the game is going on because you're still trying to play them while you're in the game. Ask them afterwards, though. You see people saying, oh, hey, it's because that's what the time is. They picked that number because that's what time it is. Okay, that's interesting and something to keep in mind, but it's something to think about. There's always something to think about with this. There's so many strategies that you can try out, that you can test. As we work through week one, we're going to need subcoaches. Don't be afraid to volunteer to subcoach if you're already done with your game and try something else out. The opponent who needs someone to play against is going to appreciate having an actual game. And you can try something. It'll be great. That's a good thing for you to do. It gets you back into the game. It helps us finish another game. Having 15 games not finish, having 15 games not make it to the second half, that sucks. Statistically, that's no fun to look at. It's like 40 plays. Not nearly as exciting as 100, 110. Go out there and finish some games for the sub coaches if you can. That's great. I get it's early. I get it's busy. And if you can't, that's okay. Finish your game. But if you lose, see if you can help somebody else out by finishing a game. And if you lose week one, your season's not over. Come back next week. Try to win that game and keep going. Briefly, I'm playing a conference game in week one for the FBS. And it's oddly a little stressful because it's like, okay, this is a conference game. It matters a little bit more. But if this makes it easier to schedule some of the independent teams throughout the rest of the year, I encourage it. I think there's been a few other good conference games that have been played so far. Auburn over Texas. Texas has moved to the SEC. So that's definitely another conference game that gets played. Being able to get a few of those games, Texas A&M over South Carolina, for example. If that makes it a little bit easier to schedule some of those independent teams so we can keep that, that's great. That's awesome. I think it's made week one a bit more important for me. It's like, oh boy, Sorry, SEC. This means a little bit more, but overall, I'm pleased with how this turned out schedule-wise. I think it'll be interesting to pivot from a big conference game. And mind you, I'm playing Ohio State, which is ranked 10th. So there's even a little bit more like, oh gosh, 
this is a big deal kind of thing. But just being able to get a conference game done and then pivot back to a non-conference game may take down the intensity a little bit. So we'll see. But overall, enjoying the game so far, enjoying both of my seasons. So we'll see how this all plays out. But overall, everybody enjoy season nine, episode one. Talk to you soon.